What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show. What are you choosing? Every day I wake up, I have one of two options only. And I suspect it's the same two options any of us have. Am I going to live today to create heaven or to create hell? And it's not even to bring forth heaven or to work towards heaven. It's actually embodying one or the other. Not something in the future that I'm choosing, but in each moment. Every day, this binary choice presents itself. Everything from the nature of my thoughts to the subsequent actions it primes. All can either go to hell or be towed to heaven, beginning with this choice. If I leave myself on autopilot, maybe because of how my temperament is skewed, maybe because of my current circumstances, I tend to have a stronger gravitational pull towards hell. If left to unchecked devices... I'm sure to begin the cycle of rumination to actual creation of hell through my actions. If I play no part, my human tendency is to see only the gaps, only the voids, what isn't, what hasn't, what is missing, what should be. I have no view of heaven from there. I have to leap out of the grips of that Poe and leap into heaven without seeing a sign of it. How my day goes, and then, of course, a series of days, comes down to this internal tug of war. And you can't give yourself a choice in the middle. You can't let a tape of a little bit of hell running while trying to create heaven. These polar ends don't coexist well. They corrupt and infect each other's energy. You can't have a little piece of heaven while remaining in hell. Or a little piece of hell taken with you to heaven. You can't dance with the devil on the way to the pearly gates. For me, like literally as soon as I open my eyes, depending on the weight of the dream or the nightmare that I just woke up from, I wake to immediate noise in my brain. Again, this is on autopilot. First, I'm recollecting and sizing up the day before. How much did I accomplish? Did I do as much as I could? Of course not. I'm never satisfied. And I also don't do enough. So there's a dose of immediate remorse. A clear example pointed to me and a source of the most recent disappointment from yesterday. And then with all that primed anxiety of negative self-image from self-judgment, I then start to think about the future. And from this already heightened state, I'm not to think of it favorably. What makes you think tomorrow will be any better than how you spent yesterday? A lot of times in a positive emotional state, we feel hopeful of the future. We're more likely to work for the future, sacrifice today for it, offload tasks to the future, Sometimes too much and we procrastinate because our positive emotion fools us to think that we're more certain of the future and don't perceive obstacles in the way. 
we think we're superhuman, Superman in the future, and that we can do so much that our current self can't. But from this automatic negative state, I'm not projecting myself as Superman in the future. I'm already primed and thinking of myself as poorly as my thoughts of myself yesterday. I see the future full of obstacles. I see it grim. And it's shots fired after shots fired. One inner voice fighting another. One more defeatist than the next. Discouragement after discouragement. Competing to be my worst. Challenging each other to deeper despair. Each one stifling. And at some point I snap out of it. And because I've been watching this pattern play out in my head for a while now, I recognize the game on most days and can take the reins back from this automatic gloom. I've been learning to ask myself this overarching question that cuts through all the noise. It's a binary question and demands a binary answer. It's black or white, this or that. What good is this doing? Are your thoughts helping or hurting? Is this getting you closer or further? Is it do or die? Are you choosing heaven or hell? And choosing heaven or hell isn't just a daily occurrence. It's a moment-to-moment one. Through every instance of contention, through every story and narrative running through my head, I can get swept in the very convincing intricacies of arguments presented by each side, can easily get swept up in it. But the overall direction that I head in is all boiled down to this choice. Am I choosing heaven or am I choosing hell? It's not a battle that ends with the morning barrage of thoughts. The morning is just when the autopilot is most unrestrained. And what serves as a reminder that it is my assignment to be at the helm. That the direction requires leadership, or it will head down a crash course. This might sound like a gross exaggeration. That I'm oversimplifying or overlooking the details that make up those moments. And that I'm not paying enough respect to the realities of each situation. And that some negative response might be deemed justified given the tragedies or triumphs of our lives. And I want to acknowledge that because I am not overlooking it. I'm pointing out that a choice must be made in spite of it. That regardless of how difficult or tragic our circumstance, we have this one choice to make and this one only. And that doesn't mean it will change the circumstance, but it alters our stance to the matter. It changes our constitution to it. It firms up our character to it, reaffirms our backbone. What I'm essentially proposing is that it is an exercise in the pursuit of transcendence that we must condense all circumstantial evidence down to this oversimplified either-or scenario. That it is not to disrespect your situation, but to pay more respect to what it's supposed to make you. I firmly believe everything in life is carving you. 
And I'm not saying this like the trite, everything happens for a reason. No, what I'm saying is that what is happening to you may or may not come with its inherent reason, but that we are formed in such a way that we, regardless of the situation's inherent reasoning, we are still sculpted and chiseled by it. That the reason and the meaning may or may not come loaded in the situation, but it is actually born, given birth to, while it is undergoing. That the fire and turmoil itself is what gives light to and points to what form is supposed to follow. What follows the fire. That we, while going through the difficulty, while going through the tragedy, we become something that is more fit for the next thing. That the actual undertaking of the challenge is what casts us into the most enduring form, most suitable for what's to follow. And that asking yourself this question on a daily, moment-to-moment basis gives you the construct and the mental clarity to tackle the goal at hand. Decide what it's going to make you. That in each moment, we only have these two choices. And no matter how much respect I pay and how much effort I expend to ensure that you or I are listened to, heard, and not having our problems belittled or minimized, that it all still boils back down to this choosing of direction we want to head in. That there is no middle, no wallow and victory. There is no here and there. It's either heaven or hell. And it is up to you to decide. And maybe first become aware and acknowledge which decision you have been making. Most of nature is binary, either evolving or dissolving that we are either heading towards or away from. And we may not be aware, lost in the subtle trickeries of the mind, that despite our awareness, we are choosing, have chosen one or the other. And even if, like me, you feel like you're drowning at times, with little access to the firmness of mind or belief, that I have any power to choose heaven when I'm being forcefully pulled by hell and I'm blinded, I would propose, as I do to myself, to shorten the time span and expectation of how long I can choose it for. That when uncertainty mounts and you don't have enough in you to pin down your structure firm enough to hold and head down that direction of heaven for any considerable length of time, that you shorten what you consider a win, and accept that this choice isn't a one-time activity. And the more the chaos, the more you revisit this choice. And you should commend yourself for your choice each and every time, even if that's every minute or every second. Even the greatest of meditative minds can't hold their presence for longer than seven seconds. The barrage of the mind is ceaseless and tireless, always attacking you. And that 
through especially the chaotic times, we have to shorten the time span in which we can seek gratitude, where we can seek a glimpse of heaven. And the glimpse has to be enough for that second. Until the next second, in which we are presented the same opportunity to either extend our gaze down the courts of heaven or be pulled to the depths of hell. And every second is that opportunity. And every second you choose heaven, you should celebrate and commend yourself. And you can try to grade this up. You can tell yourself it's okay to feel bad or that you need time to heal and that your misery is expected and not unreasonable given your circumstances. And you would be right. No one can take away your right to suffer. And when you've tried that experiment and have suffered long enough and decide you want to suffer no more and want to find your way back, just remember this. It all always comes down to these two choices. So tell me, what will you choose? Heaven or hell? Love you, family. Make it a great day.